0: this week's talk, we're listening to an exhortation that was given at the end of January in 2023 by Brother Nick Harden at the San Francisco Peninsula Ecclesia. And Brother Nick is looking at the uh, passages in Romans 5 and Hebrews 11 where we're talking about the men and women of faith that are listed in Hebrews 11 where they did these things by faith. And the title of his exhortation is, By Faith, Insert Your Name Here. And he's just looking at the examples that we have through these different Bible characters of what they did and what was ascribed to them by faith specifically. He looks at a couple different characters where you could list a lot of different things that were what they're known for, but it's interesting what they were known for and listed for in that chapter in Hebrews 11. Uh, So it's just a really good reminder and a good review of what it should be for us and asks us the question, what would be listed for us if we said, by faith, insert your name here, did the following. Uh, so I found it to be a really good, encouraging exhortation, just a good reminder of making sure that our faith is governing everything that we do and that our actions are being made by said faith. So uh, I hope that you enjoy this exhortation. Uh, and with that, I will turn it over to Brother Nick Harden, for his exhortation, by faith, insert your name here.
1: So this morning, uh, the exhortation, I, I want to think about Joseph and, uh, and think about faith. by faith and insert your name here. Insert name here, okay, and we'll, we'll get to that as, uh, as the theme. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had an exhort by Brother Canaan who talked about Joseph and many parts of Joseph, but Joseph's life. Now one of the one of the common things we think about from Joseph's life. you what know, what is the first things that come to your mind when you think of Joseph? It's a question. Colours, Colors, yeah, colours. The coat of many colours. Kite. Suffered much. Suffered much? Oh, same thing. Suffering, yeah. Jackson. David and Goliath. Okay. <laughs> So, so the things I think are like his dreams, like you know, he, there were many dreams that Joseph had and and uh, and worked through in his life from when he was young and having the she's bowing down and his father and the sun and the moon and the stars bowing down to to his to him and and Pharaoh's dreams. So there were dreams that Pharaoh had that and the dreams of the uh, the servants, the butler and the baker. Yeah, so so dreams. You know, if you think of you being sold into Egypt and things like that placed in a pit and left there, hated by his brothers, okay, in the code of many colors. So there's many things we think of when we think of Joseph, but we don't necessarily think about his bones, and his remains, the mummy of Joseph, as Brother Ted talked about, that that empty coffin in Egypt that was sort of left there. But when we come to Hebrews chapter 11, we'll just go there if that's all right, Hebrews 11, verse 22, it says, By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. All right? So, of all the things in his life, all the acts of faith and all the different things, the commandment about his bones was the thing that was chosen of this chapter in in Hebrews you know the chapter where we speak about a lot of acts of faith those and so we'll come back to thinking about why that specific thing was chosen about Joseph's life in a bit but let's go over to um the Genesis and uh, chapter 50 there where where it uh, where it happens and thanks, Seth, for reading that so well. Okay, so Genesis 50, right down there, oh, second to last verse, uh, verse 25. And Joseph's old and he's about to die. And so he calls his brothers and says, uh, and Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you and ye and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. And that's where Hebrews is getting it from, uh, and Joseph's bones being carried up from hence. And so where, where did he get that from? Where did Jace? where did, was Joseph telling his own prophecy here, saying that, uh, you know, you're going to leave Egypt at some stage, take my bones with you. Is that what uh, what he was doing there? If we if we go back two chapters back to chapter twenty uh, sorry forty eight, and we see at the end of Jacob's life where he just finished blessing, uh, es- uh, sorry Ephraim and Manasseh, and if we look at uh, verse twenty one, we see Jacob also talking about them leaving the land. There it says a uh, verse twenty one, Genesis tw- uh, forty eight. And Israel said unto Joseph, "Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers." Okay, so it wasn't Joseph's idea that they were going to leave. Jacob also was able to tell him that you're now in Egypt, but you will leave Egypt as well. And if I, you know, I like to think that. Joseph's mind was actually even further back with his to be his great grandfather Abraham, and if we go and have a look at Genesis chapter fifteen, where this is mentioned to Abraham, even so, Genesis fifteen verse thirty, oh, sorry, verse thirteen, and he said unto Abraham, Know this of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall be afflicted of them 400 years and also the nation whom they serve they shall serve shall I will be will I judge and afterwards they shall come out with great substance and shall go unto thy fathers in peace and thou shalt be buried to good old age so if Yeah, there's even more detail about it, you know, the the time period. Abraham's given a time period of 400 years there that they would be afflicted. And we could possibly read into that that it was speaking of this time where they were in in Egypt. And we'll come back to this chapter because there's some interesting stuff uh, further up in in Genesis 15 um, that sort of link here and, and tie my exhort together. But if we if we come back to Joseph and we think about Joseph's is about to die, why didn't he just do what Jacob did? You know, go up there and bury me. You know, I'm sure Pharaoh would have let you know a troop of the Israelite boys, you know, take Joseph's coffin up there and put him beside his father, or put him somewhere in the land of Israel. That's what he really wanted. He saved Egypt, so he could have done that. So why did he make out that? He should be taken out with the people. Um, and I think that, that comes to that essence of faith of Joseph. He had those sure words of, of his father and his great-grandfather that had been said before, you'll be leaving this land. And I think he, he saw that and wanted to act on that. He didn't necessarily want to take his own way out and get himself delivered to the land of, of Israel and Well, the rest of you people, I'll leave you to do what, you know, I'll I'll let you get out when you can get out, but I'm getting out now when I'm dead. All right. Instead, his space sort of said, Well, I want to go with my brothers. I want to go with, I want to go with everyone else goes because I believe it's in his heart. He had full conviction and full strength that the Israelites were going to leave Egypt. And that was his faith. It was so strong that they were going to leave um, Egypt. That he said, "Well, I don't care if I go now, or in a hundred years, or two hundred years. I will eventually go. And when I go, if people take me with you, and I think that's uh, that's part of the uh, part of the power of it. Uh, it was it was Joseph's faith, that the faith of that, you know, in Hebrews eleven verse one, it says." faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen he just had those couple of words from his father and his grandfather great grandfather that that's what was going to happen and he had the full full conviction that, that uh was actually going to happen so we go before we go back uh into the new testament uh let's just continue following uh the bones of Joseph and uh let's see what happens to them next so we we go through the years and we come to moses and um uh, in exodus chapter 13 go there and verse 19 the words of joseph hadn't been forgotten and just as joseph was uh, just as pharaoh let them go and moses is taking off out of egypt Verse 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry my bones away hence with you. Okay, So they were in a hurry, and they wanted to get out, and they'd taken all the goods of Egyptians, but they also carried this coffin. Now, I don't know what it was made of, stone or... Or what? No, no. no, Don't know if he says he was embalmed. So was his insides in jars? I'm not sure. Um, But they carried Joseph's bones all through the wilderness, and you can imagine the questions of the children of Israel that as they're wandering through the wilderness, they've got people dying along the way, and they're burying them in the wilderness, yet they're carrying this coffin. And they continuously care of every camp they had to pick it up and move it to the next place. You can imagine people saying, "Why are we carrying this thing what's what are we doing with this? Can't we just dump it here? but like, <laughs> you know dump it with the rest of our people because however many millions of people died there in the wilderness, why are we carrying these bones?" and I think that was part of the part of the intention of joseph's um point here that. It, it, it's it's part of the plan the plan is is that we leave egypt and go and joseph's bones a reminder to the children of Israel that this is the plan of God we're leaving this place and we're going to the promised land and even though i'm dead I want to be with with you in the promised land as we go and so i think that's um just a beautiful part of that you've got The grumbling of the children of Israel and, and yet they're still carrying this coffin through the wilderness for reasons that they didn't fully comprehend. Um, and hopefully some of them did and picked it up and, 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 uh, continued and, and looked at Bosa's coffin as a, as a symbol of hope and, uh, and looking forward. Uh, so they get into the, into the, um, into the promised land, and Joshua's still carrying it around. So if we go to Joshua chapter, uh, the last chapter, chapter 24, I think it is, yeah, chapter 24, and they get into the promised land, and Joshua didn't find the first place that he could, all right, we're here, let's we get rid of these bones. Let's bury Jacob, uh, Joseph, where we can, and he's in the promised land where, where he wanted to go. No, the whole way through Joshua's campaign, he's still carrying the bones of Joseph, and it's not until the end, uh, whereas at verse 32 and uh, Joshua dies. Yes, the verse before. I well, sorry 24. Joshua 24. and um, verse 32 and the bones with Joseph the uh, uh, bones of Joseph. Which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem in the parcel of ground which Shechem bought for, from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem for 100 pieces of silver and became an inheritance for the sons of Joseph. And they died. And that's the end of the book of Joshua. And then we move into the very next chapter, which is the judges. And you can see a decline of Israel, go from there. You know, Joseph's bones had been that, that symbol for people like Moses and Joshua and keeping them strong throughout their period. They didn't bury him because it was that, uh, that symbol of hope through their life. Uh, and yet when Joseph's bones were buried, the, the nation sort of goes into some sort of lackadaisical apathy about God. And so the 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 point of Joseph's bones, I think, was for Joseph to get out of Egypt and and not to look back, not to uh, look back and on the good things that were in Egypt, the leeks and the garlics and whatever, but to always look forward and to look uh, look towards the promised land. And if we go back over to Hebrews, I uh, go to Hebrews chapter eleven again, and if we go to verse thirteen. Uh, to sixteen, here I think we see why this specific instance in joseph 's life was chosen. I think a lot of the a lot of the reasons why a lot of the instances were chosen in this chapter were for this reason. Uh, verse thirteen all these died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country and truly if they had been mindful of that country country from whence they came out they might have had opportunity to return but now they desire a better country that is a heaven and heavenly where, whereof God is not ashamed to be called their God and hath prepared a city for them. So I think that that, uh, that sums up the reasons why Joseph made commandments of his bones. He was looking forward to the new city, a new place he wanted to leave that place behind in egypt but he didn't want to leave it behind by himself he spent enough years on his other and wanted to bring his whole family with him into that promised land and here we see that if you had opportunity to look back to look around then you might want to go back to that other city and uh and so it's, it's 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 telling us to keep our mind on the kingdom and look looking forward. And I think this this the the book of Hebrews is written to the to the Hebrews in Jerusalem, you know, before AD seventy, where you know Christ in the prophecy in uh, the the Olivet prophecy told them to get out when they could, and to leave everything behind and just run for the hills when the opportunity came because. Desolation was going to come upon the city. And I think this is why there are so many passages like this, where in in why the faith of these people are recorded in Hebrews 11 to say, look forward, don't look back, get out while you can. Find ways you can separate yourself from the world around you, because the world around you is only going to end in, in disaster. And this is where my my you know title for my exhortation comes in. Um, by faith, insert your name here, right? So, be, where would our story in our life? Where would we sit in the book uh, in the Hebrews chapter eleven? What what act in our life or what thoughts in our life would be that defining moment that could be written here in uh, in of well, the book of Hebrews 11 so by faith Nick when he was I don't know you know um she did this and that separated him from the world he was uh able to to see oh, I love the story of Tom I think Tom and Edith from on, online there today and his his story of when he was in the factory working and he, he wasn't going to work on the uh on on the um, on the guns and the machines that had full war in those days, but he was separate and then the foreman and everyone knew that he was separate and I think that would be a, an instance of where he's recorded in in this sort of passage here in Hebrews eleven by faith Tom you know stood aside from producing things in the world and and separated himself. so if we just think in our lives you know, where where we can focus our mind on the kingdom, and we, and we stood aside from the things in the world and where we separated ourselves. I think that could help us in our, in our journey as Joseph looked towards the kingdom uh, and made commandments concerning his bones. So I'd like to uh, just wrap up uh, this morning, and we'll go over to Romans. Um, and I'm going to start in Romans chapter 5, actually, not 4 not five, uh, Romans chapter four, and we'll have a look at Abraham. Uh, And this takes us straight back into that Genesis chapter 15 uh, passage. And if you look at uh, Romans uh, four, I'm going to change version here, and I think I'll read it from the NET, Uh, Romans four and verse 18. Against hope, Abraham believed in hope with the result that he became became the father of many nations. According to the pronouncement, so will your descendants be. Okay, so that was God's pronouncement to Abraham, "So so will your descendants be. Without being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, because he was about a hundred years old or the deadness of Sarah's worm, so he was old man, yet he considered not those things as an inhibitation for him to become that father of many nations. He did not waver in his unbelief about the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving God giving the glory to God. He was fully convinced that what, uh, sorry, that what God promised, he was also able to do. So Abraham was fully convinced, and, and that was his faith that God was able to do what he said. He didn't know how, that, that he was old, his wife was old, well past che- bearing children, but God has said it. Okay. It's going to happen somehow. And so we see uh, verse 22 says, And so indeed it was credited to, it, credited to Abraham as righteousness. And we see that back in Genesis uh, chapter 15 uh, and verse 6 and says, And he believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him for Righteousness. So Abraham was fully convinced. The the, the King James version puts it "fully persuaded" in in verse twenty in verse twenty one. Fully persuaded that God would do as He said, just as Joseph was fully persuaded that the children of Israel would come out of the land of Egypt, and he made mention of his bones just because of that. Um, Abraham was fully fully persuaded that this. Um I like the way that the N E the, the NIV puts verse twenty one. So let's going to change to sorry, verse twenty two. Change to the NIV here. It's beauty of digital things. Um this is uh, uh let me let me just read back from twenty-one. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised, this is why it was credited to him for righteousness. It was because he was fully persuaded that it was credited to him for righteousness. And if we move on to verse 23, it says, the words, the words, it was credited to him, were not just written for him alone. Okay, so this wasn't just for Abraham. Just because Abraham believed and he was fully persuaded, Not just written, but just he gets credit for righteousness. Verse 24, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead. So for us, we believe in God, who raised Jesus from the dead. He will be credited to us righteousness as well so that's pretty powerful for for the faith that we can have in God we can leave aside the things of the world we can put our our focus on, on the kingdom and believe in God and that is credited to us for righteousness just as it was to Abraham because he fully believed that God would give him a nation well, I think that's uh, that's that's pretty powerful to us that you know that just through belief we can be credited for righteousness. And uh, and verse verse twenty five, he was delivered over to death for our sins, and was raised to life for our justification. So Christ was delivered over to death for our sins. And in and what we come here to remember. This morning, in the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the taking of the bread and the wine, we see that He was, he, um, His death was for our sins, the taking away of our sins. Yet He was raised to life for our justification. It's would I, many years ago, I heard a, an explanation of the word justification and I, I stuck in my mind and uh, it's so simple that, um, I'm going to tell you it here now. So the meaning of justification, I, uh, let's, let's just see what Strong says to say first. Um, but for us also uh, was, that's not it. Find my notes. Um, to render, that is to show or regard just. Or innocent, free, justify, be righteous. Uh, another, another slightly different word, um, acquittal for Christ's sake, justification. Okay. So that's uh, the, strong's definition of it. Um, I like this, this definition. If you break the word out into what it sounds like, just if I'd, so justified, just if I'd never done it. You just had never done it to the end. Just if I'd never done it, okay. So it's you—you you become like just as if you'd never done it in, in God's mind. you have been justified, um, and uh, I like that. So uh, he was delivered over to to death for our sins and was raised for our justification, so that we could be in God's eyes just as if we'd never done the sins that we've we've committed. Now, yes, that's beautiful. And we'll finish off with um, with verse one of Romans chapter 5 therefore since we have been justified through faith, just justified justified never done it through faith, we have the peace we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, It's our Lord Jesus Christ that we've come here this morning to remember in the taking of the bread and the wine.
0: Thank you for listening to the Good Christadelphian Talks podcast. We hope this talk helped you in your walk. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe for new episodes and leave a review in Apple Podcast or whichever service you are using to help more people find the show when they search for it. If you enjoyed this particular talk, please share it with someone who you think might enjoy it as well. For show notes on the talk you just listened to, visit our show page at anchor.fm GCT or check the show notes section of your podcast player. Please share your thoughts on the talk from this week on our Facebook or Instagram pages where we are at Good Christadelphian Talks on Twitter, where we are at GCT underscore podcast, or leave a comment on our YouTube channel where these talks are posted as well. If you know of a great talk, we want to know about it too. Send a suggestion to our email at goodchristadelphiantalks at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media accounts. Thank you for listening. God bless and talk to you next week.